Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're, we're the, the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle Podcast. Where we finally answer some of those burning questions that you've left in our inboxes. <laughs> <laughs> Just say this is a uh, mailbox episode. This is the mailbox episode of Raven Girls. <laughs> yep. Mailbox episode number one, hopefully the only one that we have to do. <laughs> but because it has been quite a while since we've been here, we decided that we'd go ahead and do something a little bit simpler to get us back on our feet and get us back recording and make sure that the equipment works and all of that. So we will answer questions that folks have asked us on Tumblr and Twitter and that we have not actually been able to get answers out to folks. And I'm also hoping to put out a blooper reel so stay tuned because there uh, will be an unknown quantity of blooper after the (laughs) um the break that we normally have so a lot of them are just too long they're us riffing on stuff and they're too long to put that at the end of a regular episode so (laughs) but i think they're funny i don't know i don't i think people like them maybe (laughs) so I like them. Yeah. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) But that leads us to... Disclaimers. It's been a while, you guys. It has. (laughs) This is an analysis podcast. We'll be discussing the Raven cycle as a cycle. This means we're spoilerific. So you probably want to have read the books before listening. Yes. Yes, please. Even for the mailbox episode. (laughs) We'll use pronunciations from the audiobooks. And page numbers are referenced from paperback editions. Right. And then I'm not going to bother with my disclaimer. I might cuss. There's going to be drinking, etc., etc. You guys know the drill. Or if you don't know the drill and this is the very first episode that you're ever going to listen to, welcome. I cuss and drink. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the episode. Woo-hoo. We're just going to go straight into questions. The very, very first question, Alchemical Words on Tumblr asked... Is it August yet? <laughs> they asked this, this like uh, I months think, ago. Yeah, June. <laughs> Possibly June. And my answer is, by the time you hear this, yes. <laughs> In fact, it's well past August and it's now well into the best month of the year, October. Yes. Yeah. I was like, we blew right past August. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> August even happened. No, I... I guess not kidding aside, but like not only did we have my laptop go down, your computer went down, we had a bunch of personal stuff where I was covering for a missing employee and trying to hire someone. We just had... And I was searching for a job, right? Crazy. And when my laptop crashed, I texted you and you were like, oh no, this is terrible. Oh, by the way, I got hit by a car. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) back up. Laptop's not that important. What happened? Thankfully, you were fine. I was absolutely fine. It was more I got bumped by a car. But but still, like, there were more important things to deal with at that moment. So even though we wanted to get back on our feet with the podcast as quickly as we possibly could, we had, like, a bunch of other stuff going on. So just thank you guys for being patient mm-hmm. with our technical and life difficulties. So our second question is from Megan, Megan1 on Twitter, and they ask, I've been re-listening to season one, and something smacked me in realization. 
Back in the scene where Noah's Sage Chainsaw reminds him of something, then when everyone realizes Noah is dead, Chainsaw starts screaming. With Noah's circular time, I wonder if it was more foreshadowing. Right. First off, just thank you so much to every single person who said that they missed us so much that they actually re-listened to season (laughs) one. Because I have no words for how amazing that feels. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I can't imagine my dumb jokes got funnier the second time around. <laughs> so you had to have been listening for Shannon's sparkling repartee. Hey, wait. Come on now. <laughs> no, come on. Uh, but back to the point. Yeah, it's it's very, very possible. I really feel like there's some sort of odd connection between Chainsaw and Noah that we actually don't really see on page. Mm-hmm. Just because of a couple of little lines that are dropped in. And I, I wonder if maybe it was something lost in editing or maybe it has something to do with the line where Noah says that Ronan's head is a scary place to be. Uh-huh. And Ronan says, well, not for a chainsaw, but maybe Noah has actually been in Ronan's dreams right. and seen chainsaw before she came out. I mean, I just feel like there's something there that we may not see. Mm-hmm. But then again, maybe he is just remembering over and over and over like we know he does. Right. And yeah, we've we've actually talked about this kind of thing like off and on. It's like, I don't know that we've ever discussed it on the podcast. And yes, we are such total dorks that we discuss the Raven Cycle when not recording or planning. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think Megan is onto something with the circular time thing. It could definitely be foreshadowing for multiple things, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that Megan mentions specifically is one of them. Mm-hmm. But I think Chainsaw might also remind Noah of the night that Ronan almost died. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Because Noah's the one who found Ronan. Correct. Uh-huh. And we found out later that it was Ronan's nightmare creatures mm-hmm. that tore him up. Right, right. And we do know that Ronan's nightmare monsters look like raven monsters. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, it could, so, it could be just that as well. So you're thinking that there could be something in the symbology or imagery of the raven, not necessarily chainsaw, but just something Yeah, not from chainsaw specifically, but ravens in general. And Ronan's subconscious. Uh-huh. Could be part of it. Could be part of it. Yeah, yeah. All right. An anonymous question on Tumblr said, This will probably come up in recording anyway, but I was wondering if you could discuss your thoughts on why Kala calls Ronan a snake. It never made sense to me because although Ronan is a total dick on the outside, we all know he's actually a haunted softy. And I would think that Kala's psychometry would mean she would be the one out of all of them to know this. Do you think it's just the unknownness of the Grey Warren in him or question mark question mark thank you (laughs) i'm interested to hear navita talk about this (laughs) because this gets down to the whole like yeah the whole argument between in and i about ronin (laughs) and i say softy or not kala is accurate here Mm -hmm. because ronin is a snake not in that like you know the untrustworthy snake in a grass way but in that he's dangerous Mm mm-hmm He's hurting and in his pain, whether he means to or not, he lashes out at people and he hurts them. Right. And he's very often described in ways that make him feel like constantly coiled and ready to strike. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, that's that's actually mm-hmm. part of what I went through as well. Uh, and plus, like Anon said, there's the fact that he's the Grey Warren. So, like, mm-hmm. there is this mystery about him. Right, right. And I can see a lot of things that Kala could have seen when she touched him that would cause her to react like she did. Mm-hmm. It's like her psychometry doesn't tell her everything about the thing that she touches. Right, right. And there's a lot about Ronan that he's hiding, even from himself. Yeah, I kind of went back to the fact that Kala's not the only one who refers to Ronan as a snake. Mm-hmm. And the Raven King... Adam says or thinks to himself, Ronan Lynch's stare was a snake on the sidewalk where you wanted to walk. Mm-hmm. And then even with POV characters that don't know him, like with the gray man in chapter 25 of The Dream Thieves, this was not a rattlesnake hidden in the grass, but a deadly coral snake striped with warning colors. Mm-hmm. And then Blue's POV in chapter one, a blue lily, lily blue, is Ronan looked as pleased as a pit viper ever could. <laughs> so just throughout the books, he is described with the snake imagery. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter who the point of view character is. Right. There's something about him, something about the way, like you said, he's coiled, maybe defensive, maybe dangerous looking that people react to with this kind of snake imagery. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking it's also possible that Ronan thinks of himself with snake imagery, even though we don't necessarily see it from his POV. Right. But that might be what Cal is picking up on. And I'd really love to explore the imagery of Catholicism and snakes. Oh, yeah. With, you know, that real, like feeling of a betrayer of God and how Ronan feels about himself Uh and there's all of that in there as well and then a very brief search pulled something up on Wikipedia that I thought was interesting the Hebrew word for snake is also associated with divination including the verb form meaning to practice divination or fortune telling which I found it really interesting just because I see a lot of parallels between Kala and Ronan in their demeanor and attitude So it's almost like she might have been picking up on something of herself Mm -hmm. in Ronan. So that's how I feel. Every time, every time they're together, there are these comparisons. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. 100%. I know, again, it's something we'll get into. It's something I've touched on. I think even it was just episode zero. Kella's probably killed someone. And, Probably. Because uh, there are clues to that throughout mm-hmm. the books. And so she might be kind of like seeing parts of herself in Ronan, mm-hmm. too. All right. Our next question is from Misty X Aesthetic on Tumblr. And they said, in the latest episode, you two have been killing it, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned how you're going to do some wrap-up questions. So I thought I would ask you both to fan cast all the characters that's a big task. Sorry. Um, I just really love fan casting and seeing how other people see them. Yeah. And I'm pretty terrible at this. Me too. Oh my gosh. I do have things. So I've tagged actors on Tumblr posts that I thought had the right look. But because I don't watch much actual media, I don't know if their skills or demeanor are right for the characters. It's really just like an aesthetic of mm-hmm. this one particular picture kind of looks like them. Mm-hmm. But I still think that I'd be incredibly happy to see unknown actors in the roles, again, as I said in episode Mm -hmm. zero, so that we don't have too many preconceived notions of what that person might be able to deliver on the screen. Right. I do have some, though. I will say that I really like Lewis Hoffman from the German series Dark as Adam. Okay. He has a very frail, kind of ethereal, haunted look, but I've only seen him in short clips from that and Mm -hmm. a movie, Center of My World. 
world. So again, I don't really know what his acting is like. Right. But the physicality is very interesting. And I could also picture someone like Eddie Redmayne of Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. and The Theory of Everything. And of course, a bunch of other movies. Right. Because he's got that kind of lanky and awkward and not quite handsome. Like his nose is long and he's very gaunt. <laughs> but he's really interesting looking. Uh-huh. And then, of course, a young Tom Webb, which he's just everywhere for Adam. He's a model, but like that, like hands down is pretty Mm -hmm. much. And I think he's the one that I've pointed to you and been like, this is what I think Adam looks Mm -hmm. like. And then I saw a picture of Cole Sprouse from Riverdale. And again, I don't watch Riverdale, but I saw this picture of him wearing glasses that he just looks very (laughs) Gansy to me. Like Gansy needs to have great hair. That is like the number Uh one thing for me. Like Gansy has to be pretty short, like five, six and have great hair. (laughs) And I know other people really like an actor named Froy Gutierrez and he's been in Teen Wolf. They like him for Adam a lot, which I think he has Gansy hair all the way. So I'm just like, (laughs) he does not look Adam to me. Adam needs to be really bony and lanky and Mm, not like, not traditionally attractive in any way, shape or form. So Froy is a really cute cute guy and he has great mahogany colored hair and I think it's very Gansy. <laughs> and then like Ronan, I really like do not have a good idea for Ronan. He would be the hardest. He just needs to be 6'4 or taller. Yeah. And then I always picture a very young Wentworth Miller, but that's because I'm an old person. <laughs> and and of course, I'll put pictures of the, these folks. I'm, right. I'm planning on actually answering these questions and putting them out on the page. And I'll put pictures of folks. But mm-hmm. And model-wise, I like Jacob Hankin, which is just a guy that I think looks like Ronan. Okay. Uh, I have others, but go ahead, because <laughs> I just talked a lot. I am horrible with actors and actresses. Uh-huh. So don't put any stock in what I say. Yeah. I have no idea who could do the gangly justice, like, honestly. Oh, uh-huh. um, and like you said, I think it would have to be a lot of new faces. Right, right. But one thing that I could see is maybe Leslie Jones as Kala. Okay, yeah, 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 like a very powerful, uh-huh. um, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For Noah, I need someone who looks very young to me because he seems so young, uh-huh. even though he is technically, I mean, he, he's the same age as them right. when he died. And he needs to be kind of, again, haunted looking and he needs to not be not cute. Mm -hmm. So many folks like really do these fan casts where he's like super attractive or really cute. But he's described as having these big ears and small eyes. (laughs) And (laughs) so Thomas Brody Sangster, who is Newt from the Maze Runner, and he was in a million other things because he was a child star. Mm -hmm. But he's this like kind of elfin, really young looking actor that has the right look to me. Right. And then Misty X Aesthetic is actually an actress. And I I do think you'd be a lovely blue, Misty. So, (laughs) So, yes, I think you would be lovely. But is she short enough? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. See, as, as a fellow short girl, like I, okay... Blue has to be short. (laughs) Real short. Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) I want to see someone short like me up on... uh, (laughs) Well, a lot of actresses are pretty small, but yeah. I mean, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is 5'2", I think. So I might have to fact check that. But Mm -hmm. she's pretty tiny. That's still four inches taller than me. All right. (laughs) Okay. I'm being silly. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. All right. So next... Dante, oh gosh, Dantiloquent, 
Sorry, dentiloquent, dentiloquent. I think it's dentiloquent, dentiloquent. I can't even say it either. (laughs) (laughs) On on Tumblr said, since y'all discussed how Welk is Gansey's foil, I've been thinking about how the main antagonist of the books are foils for the main kids. Like Kavinsky is definitely Ronan's here's what could go wrong for you in the Dream Thieves. And I'm excited to see this in season two of the Raven Girls. Thank you. And I think in a way, the gray man is Adams because he had an abusive childhood and was led by violence. I don't know who Blues is. Piper, Gwentlian, as she ended up in a cave for years, maybe Neve. I would say Gwentlian, I think, if anybody, Mm -hmm. if I had to pick one, because she has Blues power and heritage, but no direction and no support structure. Mm -hmm. It's not the same kind of foil as the others that they were talking about. But I think it's about as close as Blue gets. Yeah, I definitely had Gwentlian as Blues as well. In an interview Maggie did with Kirkus about the Scorpio races, which, spoiler for next episode, (laughs) she said, I love to play with parallels in my books. And one of my favorite things to do is to parallel a teen character with an adult character. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see Adam in The Gray Man. Yeah. With the abuse and the violence and the healing of love. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely get deeper into that because that's right. one of my favorite and, things and about the, the book. And the fear Adam has of his own anger. Right. And I can also see Welk as a parallel for Adam in his wanting of things. Mm-hmm. But Barrington never wanted to work for what he had. Mm-hmm. And we know that Adam... Absolutely like, does. That's what he does. But Barrington, of course, was very much that spoiled rich kid searching for power or wishes or, you know, slash mm-hmm. could have been Glendower that Gansey could have been if he right. was a different type of person. There's also something to be said for Adam and Kavinsky being foils, in that they were both victimized and they were abused by their parents, mm-hmm. yet they dealt with it in very different ways. And that's going to be, of course, a big topic throughout the Dream Next Thieves book. as well. I also see a good foil for Adam being Green Mantle. Like kind of this, the yeah. obsessiveness, the ability to manipulate people, the interconnected web of control. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can see that as well. But for Blue, I would say Gwenthlian, yeah. I don't think she has the thirst for power and recognition that Neve mm-hmm. does, or kind of that need for, like, entertainment that Piper does. Uh-huh. I mean, Piper doesn't have a whole lot of motivation past, is it going to make me, like, forget about whatever? I don't know. She's weird. <laughs> Piper um, is, like, my least favorite character. <laughs> yeah. But when she connects, she connects with Gwenthlian, and I don't see Gwenthlian as being a villain, just like mm-hmm. I don't see any of them really, except maybe the Green Mantles being villains. But she connects with Gwenthlian, even down to the story that Gwenthlian tells about stabbing someone, mm-hmm. and then Blue questioning if she could stab someone, and then later stabbing someone <laughs> in the cave. Like, So even the whacked out weirdness of Gwenthlian seems to mirror, no pun intended, Blue's kind of contrived weirdness Mm -hmm. in a way. And I can definitely see Blue kind of turning into Gwenthlian if she was locked in a cave for 400 years. Mm -hmm. Gwenthlian feels right to me. Mm -hmm. All right. We've got another one from Megan1 on Twitter. Something caught me listening to the last episode. Another connection between Noah and Gansey. Welk never calls Noah by his first name, which I had always taken as a twist so you don't catch connections. 
but a little of guilt on Walk's side that he can't bring himself to call his best friend by his first name. Mm -hmm. But then it hit me, while both may be true, Adam, Ronan, and Blue never call Gansey by his first name. Mm -hmm. And it was just an interesting thought. Yeah, I'm with you on the twist reasoning. I can see it as the way to have that reveal of Noah as a ghost, thinking that Welk is talking about someone else. Not to say that it's not another thing that ties Gansey and Noah together. So it obviously plays a very important plot role to have Noah be called Cherney in Welk's POV, but it's definitely an interesting thought. Absolutely. It's a really interesting connection. Though I will point out that in Gansey's case... He basically forbids anyone from calling him by his first name because he freaking hates it. Yeah. And maybe Noah did when he was alive as well. Mm -hmm. Also, it seems really common in the types of boarding schools that Aglianby is that people go by last names only. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just in that, like, upper class, like, posh type of boarding school, people often go by their last name. Because it's a family thing, Mm -hmm. probably. It's a way to establish pedigree. Right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All righty. The next question's by Santi MP3 on Tumblr. And they gave us lots of compliments, which are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I was thinking about how you were wondering how Kala could work at Aglenby without knowing the boys. The explanation I thought of was that she works in housing. The boys don't dorm, so I don't think she should have known them if not. And you know, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And as much as we like to joke about Henrietta being the town of no object permanence, Mm -hmm. my partner who went to a boarding school insists that it is possible for faculty and students to be completely unaware of each other. (laughs) I couldn't tell you the name of our school secretary. They have commented on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, who knows? Having her work in housing seems like as good an idea as any as to why she wouldn't know them. Right. And I (laughs) totally get that people think that it's possible that Calla wouldn't recognize Gansey's name if she doesn't work directly with the students. Mm -hmm. But Maggie has said that an equivalent school to Aglenby is one named Woodbury Forest School, which is located tellingly in a town called Woodbury Forest, (laughs) which I want to move to immediately. I don't even care. There had better be elves that live there. Because if you live in a place named Woodbury Woodbury Forest... Forest... It's like there's a town named Sylvan here that I just want to live in Sylvan just so that I can say I live in Sylvan. But the student body of that school is less than 400 students total. Mm -hmm. And the student to teacher ratio is six to one. It's like, you're going to know that. Yeah. And I went to a school slightly smaller than that. Like it was 370 people. And I can tell you without a doubt that there wasn't a single staff person who didn't know our names, at least, mm-hmm. when they were mentioned. I mean, with 300 students, 400 students. And since Gansey's last name is what's on the death list. Right. His last name. And Ronan walks in. And for someone from Aglenby to not know that he's failing out of school, and even if she works in housing, she would know Declan and Matthew, who live in housing. Right. It just seems so highly implausible to me, but I recognize that this is a hill I'm likely to die on (laughs) all by myself. Like, I just don't. I don't don't see it. Also, it cracks me up that the nickname of Woodbury is the Tigers. (laughs) I I don't think the reference is on purpose, but you never know. And then more (laughs) trivia, since we actually talked about how expensive Aglenby would be, the tuition for Woodbury for school for the 1819 school year is $57,250 
for the year. For the year? Yes. Wow. Which includes room and board, which Adam wouldn't have. But still, we were saying he, what, made 17 thousand or something yeah, I, I was going to say i don't make that much in it no near that much in a year yeah yeah <laughs> so if he's getting a partial scholarship for a mm-hmm. school that is charging that much money a year that's why he's working three jobs mm-hmm. so so we have an anonymous question on tumblr in episode 14 you point out that gansey literally commands adam to find him another way to wake the ley line and it makes me realize how much more unfair and mean it is of gansey to get mad and weird with adam later for doing the ritual with caves water i'm sure the whole drama is going to come up in your close reading of the dream thieves anyway but it just added an extra bit of context to it i guess yeah, and we were pretty tough on Gansey at the end of the Raven Boys. I think uh, deservedly so. Deservedly. I just hope nobody thought it was because we don't like him. Because <laughs> he is my precious anxiety floof. Like, I love Gansey <laughs> a lot. But I think one of my favorite scenes in The Dream Thieves deals with this exact issue. And it's the one where Adam and Gansey are fighting in the hallway of the Gansey mansion. Then the power goes out. Then they hear the eerie voices. And the two of them are rehashing their fight over caves water there and it ends up having almost disastrous consequences mm-hmm. it's when right before adam disappears but i really love these characters because they do in fact make mistakes and grow and change and become better people mm-hmm. so eventually we can forgive gansey a little for his reaction to adam's decision in caves water mm-hmm. I agree. Gansey doesn't even realize he's doing it and may not technically be, but it can be read as such. But he compels, even if not magically, Adam to do what he wants him to do. Right. And there are tons of places where Gansey is just a complete jerk to Adam. Yes. And (laughs) vice versa. And we've talked about a lot of them already. And I'm sure that the questioner is right and we will talk about more. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just... I think a lot of folks have had this experience where you have a friend that you love them dearly, but sometimes they bring out the worst in you. Oh, mm-hmm. And I think that that's Adam and Gansey in a lot of ways. They don't understand each other at first. They bring out the worst in each other at first. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to communicate to each other at first. It's something that they learn throughout the course of the book. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that's why we like the characters, because they right. do change. Yeah, they change and they grow. Yeah. Painted Polar Bear on Tumblr asked, When you get to season two, one thing I would love to see even briefly mentioned is Adam's anger. Especially in comparison to the anger of other characters like Ronan and Gansey, one thing I've noticed is that it seems like the narrative straight up demonizes him for being angry. It happens a lot in his own POV chapters in The Dream Thieves, which muddies the waters, but there's some good analysis to be had there, I think. Some fans think it starts in The Dream Thieves after his bargain with Caveswater, but I think there are hints even earlier. Most notably, his argument with Gansey in Chapter 14 of The Raven Boys. Adam knocks a box off the workbench without warning, which startles Gansey. I think that incident is the first actual hint of Adam's anger issues and where they ultimately stem from. Note, too, the difference between when he has an outburst and when he dissociates. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say thank you for your wonderful podcast. Thank you. I just finished Episode 5, and I love every second, and I pretty sure you finished everything at this point because this was a long time ago <laughs> you ladies oh you ladies are keeping the fandom fresh and delightful with every word oh thank you Aww. 
And I just want to say that Pain and Polar Bear, you are spot on. Mm -hmm. Because the narrative literally demonizes Adam. Right. Um, He becomes a demon. (laughs) uh Uh-huh. But also, Adam demonizes himself. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing he's most afraid of is becoming like his father. Mm Mm-hmm. And that anger that he feels... Because he does feel a lot of anger and he's afraid of it overwhelming him. And yeah, I think there will be lots of opportunities to delve into this, especially if we get to do the character deep dives we want to do. Right, right. Uh And again, thank you so much for the sweet compliment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we will likely do far more than briefly mention Adam's anger to reiterate what Shannon just said. And I think it is one of his central struggles in The Dream Thieves (sighs) and beyond because I'm fairly sure it's... Blue Lily, where he thinks to himself, don't fight with Blue, don't fight with Gansey, don't fight with Blue, don't Mm -hmm. fight with Gansey. You know, he knows this is something that he is working actively to control at that point. And you're right in that there are flashes in the Raven Boys. And thank you for pointing out those examples, because... One of the things that's bothered me is that people seem to think that Adam's anger only ever explodes around Blue when they're in the apartment, Mm -hmm. that one particular scene. And that's not really true. It is the most dramatic, but it's it's not the only instance that that happens. And it's important to note that it's not just at Blue that this happens. And Glowfly on Tumblr asks... But do you think Gansey secretly hides holy stones in Ronan's bed to prevent nightmares? Oh my god, this is the cutest thing ever. (laughs) If you could see me right now, I would look like the literal embodiment of the heart eyes emoji. (laughs) Describe my face, Shannon. Yes. I'm kind of tearing up a little bit. Yes, headcanon accepted. Best contribution to the fandom. 100% agree. (laughs) And I want to say it warms my heart cockles that some folks have been so indulgent with my holy stone obsession. So thank you. (laughs) I just answered yes. Yes, I do. Heart. (laughs) Yeah, super cute. (laughs) And another question from Alchemical Words. Alchemical Words on Tumblr asked... Okay, so Dreamer Trilogy number one hits the shelves and the fandom goes apeshit while they read through it. Will you just continue on with your TRC analysis on the podcast as usual? Will you immediately start a sister cast for the Dreamer Trilogy and discuss it? Sorry. <laughs> and discuss it as it's available book by book. I'm laughing because Shannon might strangle me. <laughs> Will Dreamer Trilogy content be special episodes interspersed between TRC analysis? Have you even discussed any of this? What's the frequency, Kenneth? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> oh, okay. Now that I've stopped laughing at the idea of finding time and energy to do two podcasts, <laughs> I think I can answer the question. <laughs> I could definitely be into continuing on with the Dreamer trilogy once we're done with TRC. It would have to be after, though, I'm pretty sure, both because of time and energy and because we would want to wait until the Dreamer trilogy is out in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Or it ended up being a very different type of podcast. Right. Because it's not really feasible to talk about themes running through a series if the series isn't out completely right. yet. Right. Also, we aren't really sure if it's going to even lend itself to that type of analysis yet. Yeah. My answer is Shannon would straight up murder me in my sleep or maybe 
maybe even when I'm awake, <laughs> if I tried to make her do another podcast, there would definitely be some gray man violence there. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think that what we're looking at in the Raven cycle, which is the mythology, the foreshadowing, all of that, it may not be the same type of analysis, like you said, that would be appropriate for the Dreamer trilogy. And what I think works about how we're tackling this series is that it is indeed a cycle. It loops mm-hmm. back on itself. It's easy to follow threads through the books that aren't obvious on first read. Right. And I don't think, and in fact, Maggie has said such, that the Dreamer trilogy is going to be structured the same way. She mm-hmm. has said they are very different types of books. So for the future, my guess is that, and we've, we have talked about it, my guess is that we'll do the Dreamer trilogy as special episodes as it comes out. Mm-hmm. My fear is that the knowledge of the Dreamer trilogy will seep into the analysis of the Raven cycle. Right. And we'll have to be really diligent on spoilers with that. Mm-hmm. But one other thing I'd like to do in the future is do video or audio reactions or comparisons for the TV show when it starts up. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun to do episode by episode kind of breakdown of how the story is structured in relation to the Raven mm-hmm. cycle. And I see a lot of potential future material to cover and I'm going to duck so Shannon doesn't actually throw something No, like I, I really, <laughs> no. I totally <laughs> want to like talk about the dreamer trilogy i just you know. well no i mean the the tv show oh the tv show too yeah. yeah yeah but like to do like kind of a reaction video yeah, or some kind of analysis fun. of that that would be something if and when that tv show starts up that would be fun to do mm-hmm. as kind of a side thing get together once a week and watch the show and then release like a five minute youtube episode of something like talking about the differences between the two all right next Yungi S on Tumblr says, Hello, I've just binged the podcast and I'm loving it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm currently rereading the series and listening to the podcast is giving me even more to notice this time around. I have a question to get your opinion on. Re Adam's response. Oh man, that's the biggest lie you've ever told. God, I love that line. To Ronan's I'm always straight quote. Did Adam mean it as it reads? I assume yes. And if so, how do you think he knows? Because he's a watcher? I would have killed to read Ronan's thoughts on this line. (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) It's so ambiguous, which is one of the reasons that I love that line. On the one hand, it could be Adam saying on face value, Hey man, you obfuscate all the time. You just do it by not saying anything instead of outright lying. Mm -hmm. Which is how I interpret it. Because as the prologue of the Dream Thieves points out right up front... Ronan is hiding at least one big secret from his friends and several others besides. Right. So there's absolutely no way that Ronan is being straight with everybody. Uh Of course, there's the subtext sexuality joke, which is absolutely the type of joke that I and my friends would rib each other about. (laughs) However, I'm not totally convinced that Adam is using it that way. Mm -hmm. Maggie is definitely using it that way. But I'm not sure that Adam is. And the reason why is because I don't think Adam and Ronan have that type of relationship at this point in the books where they would joke about something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would just be Adam asking for a fight, not making a joke with a friend. Right. And I was thinking, you know, you can totally read things as Declan knowing that Ronan is gay. Right. And if Declan knows, Adam, who you mentioned is a watcher, might know as well. Right. I think at this point, Ronan is still trying to very hard to fit at least some of what he thinks a good Catholic boy mm-hmm. should be and is denying that part of himself. Right. Well, we know that because mm-hmm. he does not admit it to himself until the end of the Dream Thieves. Mm-hmm. And I think Adam's 
doing something similar. And mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, I think it might be part Watcher and part seeing a bit of himself in Ronin. Or it could be, like you said, take it at face value. I really do think it's what the character is saying and what the author is saying are two different are things. Are two totally uh. different things. Because, yes, Maggie is making that joke. Adam is not. Anonymous on Tumblr said, Finally listening to all of the episodes has made me develop a deeply improbable theory. We know that Persephone somehow lost or is estranged from a man who she misses or seems aware is not around. And we also don't have a real idea as how old she is except that she's still working on a PhD thesis and is probably slightly younger than the other Foxway ladies. We also know, based on Welk being about 24 in The Raven Boys, that Noah would have been about the same age, give or take, depending on what year they were in when well killed him so my theory is that persephone once upon a time was the girlfriend Walt's pov chapters mentioned noah had like i said it's so unlikely but listening to you all talk about everything made me wonder for a hot second and i wanted to share I, uh, I I can't really see a way in which there's not an insurmountable age difference right between persephone and noah yeah my i'll let you finish i'll let you finish but <laughs> This is not only deeply improbable, it is batshit, and I love it. <laughs> However, yeah, it doesn't really match up with the timelines as we know them. <laughs> so continue. Even at a little younger than the other Foxway ladies, I'm pretty sure she would have been in her 20s at least when they moved to Henrietta. Because I don't think Calla and Mora would have moved in with a teenager, mm -hmm. even if they were only in their 20s, because that would have been kind of abduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. possibly. And, yeah. <laughs> and if she was over 18, there is no way she should have been dating a high schooler. Right. So, right. yeah, I mean, that was like, yeah, it's an interesting theory, but I don't think the timing works out. No. Persephone working on her PhD isn't really an indicator of age because, like, my mom got hers in her 50s. So, Mora and Kella and Persephone all met while hitchhiking in chapter 15 of The Raven King. So, they meet each other on this side of the road, and it's many years before this afternoon. Noon, a psychic had told Mora Sargent that she was a judgmental but gifted clairvoyant with the talent for bad decision making. And that was the first thing that Kala ever said to Mora was, <laughs> which, you know, best friends forever, right? <laughs> and they meet on the I-64 exit ramp outside of Charleston, West Virginia. Woo! Yes, they did I not know where that is. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> did not know each other yet. And so we have to assume that all of them were between the ages of 16 and 21. Mm -hmm. I mean, one would, yes, right? That they met each other. Then they hung out for at least a year while Artemis was wooing Mora and making her a useless friend. So median age, they met at 18, were friends for at least one year before Blue was born. And Blue, magical age, skip aside, is at least 16 years old. But as Mora says later in that same chapter, 20 years had passed since that meeting in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So at youngest, they're all around 37, Minus the seven years that Noah has been dead would put Persephone at age 30 when Noah was killed. Ah. Uh, mm -hmm. More likely 34-ish. So I don't even really want to contemplate a 30-plus-year-old woman dating not one but two 17-year-olds. Like... <laughs> You know, but that said, we have no indication ever of who the husband or lover was. Mm -hmm. And we just get the singular mention. And without writing for more information about the Foxway ladies, I think we'll sadly have to accept that we'll never know. However, any and all batshit or deeply improbable theories are totally okay with us. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. All right. 
13 Wyvern 7 on Tumblr said, Your last episode was fantastic, as usual. Thank you. Thank you. And I wanted you to know that at least one person, me, would be super excited to hear you guys analyze the Raven Cycle characters as D&D classes in a deep dive later on. I wonder if there would be as much controversy over that as there is over which Hogwarts houses they belong in. (laughs) And like, ooh, this is my jam. Yay. (laughs) So blue is easy. Blue's a druid because she loves nature and trees and is a tree. Adam is a caveswater fey-packed warlock. That's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I like that a lot. Yeah, he gets the biggest part of his power from his agreement with an otherworldly entity. Mm -hmm. Gansey's a bard um, because he's all about history and his command (laughs) theme seems like a very D&D bard ability. No. No? (laughs) I'm picturing him in pumpkin pants (laughs) with a lute (laughs) and a floppy hat. (laughs) Yes. It's never it's never gonna go away. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. And if I were to go fourth edition instead of fifth, I'd say he's a warlord. He's not a frontliner, he's a leader. I'm one hundred percent paladin for Gansey. He's not though. But there are some see, but the fifth edition paladins are a totally different beast than previous editions. But again, paladins are frontliners and Gansey is not. All right. <laughs> I mean, possibly. <laughs> okay, yeah. continue, continue, continue. Um, so, Vernon is actually a little trickier. He probably would have started out as a generic fighter and take some levels in wizard for conjuration mm-hmm. when his dreaming kicked in. The dream thieves is him leveling up in wizard. Okay, okay, gotcha, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, also, I, one of the first spells he learned is find familiar. Okay. Because <laughs> chainsaw. Speaking as a monk with a familiar, I would start him as monk. Yeah, monk could Because work. it's bare-fisted. Barefisted mm-hmm. brawling monk. Mon- yeah, monk could work. Uh-huh. I can see that. And they do use magic, although that's mm-hmm. not their primary thing. Some of them can use magic. And again, Noah's a little more difficult, but I'd go with rogue because get- being a ghost makes him super sneaky. Mm-hmm. And Welk would also be a rogue if started up as a PC. He's backstabbing. You know, he can only beat you if you're unaware or caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And D&D seemed a little clunky for this. And now that I've actually done it and like I've been trying to think of a system that's an easier fit. Well, so you're in luck. (laughs) So Shannon talked about D&D characters. So I will talk about a different system that could be used to actually play the Raven cycle as it exists in the books. So if I was going to play these characters or ones like them, I would want to keep them in their sort of urban, rural fantasy setting. Mm -hmm. So I would choose Monster Hearts. It's designed off the Apocalypse World Engine by Avery Alder. It was published by Buried Without Ceremony. It is specifically designed to mimic teen supernatural romance TV shows and book series. (laughs) Things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Teen Wolf, Twilight, etc. And I think it would work really well for the Raven Cycle with a few tweaks. Mm -hmm. And the system has what are called skins that are the character creation templates. And they have skins like the ghost, the hollow, (laughs) the fae, the infernal, the queen could be the king. And sort of the classic horror like vampire, werewolf, ghoul, witch, etc. It even has small town templates that could be used to create a setting like Henrietta. Mm -hmm. And plus there are a ridiculous number of fan made skins and ways to build your own template so you you could easily create the dreamer or the gray warren or the magician if you mm-hmm. wanted to play the actual 
actual characters. Or you could just take the flavor of the Raven Cycle and slap it onto your own characters. Right. And there is a fan-made skin called the Sandman that involves dreams in a different way, but uh. it could be fun. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I'd remove or retitle is the sex move, which is basically if you have sex with someone, you're given some sort of power over them. Oh. There's lots of interpersonal power. That's what the game's about. Mm-hmm. But since sex doesn't come up in the Raven Cycle, it could be removed or titled something else like a save mm. move or a friend move. Or if you wanted to play it a little more PG-13, you could leave it in. But it's also really very, very queer-friendly. It was specifically designed to be. Cool. It's designed that way on purpose as an exploration of teenage fluidity. I see. So that's what I would pick if I wanted to play The Raven Cycle. And if you haven't already seen it, we reblogged the Gangzy as a D&D group as drawn by Gibbslythe on Tumblr. <laughs> and also, Shannon and I ourselves have argued about which Hogwarts houses everyone belongs in. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> and we will not talk about that. We'll leave it for another time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is the end of the questions, but there was one more awesome compliment. Hiya, just wanted to drop in and say thank you. Every episode brightens my morning commute. And now, instead of babbling to my supportive and overwhelmed girlfriend, I can listen to you magnificent people. Raven Girls, lesbian tested, bisexual approved. Love, Tumblr user, boffed Gansy. <laughs> warms my heart thank you so much yeah so thank you all for sending (laughs) things in and you can always send things in i think our plan is not to leave it for months and months it really (laughs) was just a matter of like we just couldn't get to some stuff oh man life it was it was it really was we didn't want to talk about it too much online but it was tough and thank you guys again for your support and we were talking about if we have an episode where we don't have a deep dive that works well we might collect a couple of questions and answer them on air Mm -hmm. and then we'll try and answer them again on the platform in which they were asked so over the next couple weeks i'll actually release these answers out onto tumblr as well so you guys can see them and with that i think we need to wrap up yeah it's time so nope still don't have a actual official it'll never happen you guys at this point it's gotta be it's gonna always be okay maggie watch for this episode She has officially released the fact that the final editing for what we would assume is the first book of the Dreamer trilogy has been completed. And I know that a couple, maybe a month ago or so, she hinted at the fact that she was in cover talks, meaning they had started to design the covers for the books. We're just steps closer for the Dreamer trilogy at this point. I can't wait. Still no release date. And I think a lot of that has to do with stuff that she's got going on in her life. She also did post that she wrote the pilot for the TV show. So she actually got to do that. That's pretty exciting. So there are projects moving behind the scenes. I know I'm kind of like, when are we going to find out? When is it going to happen? But, you know, just trying to be patient about it. There is movement. It's just maybe slower than we'd like, but we need to give her the space to do the things she needs to do. Exactly. And then supporter shout outs. It really is just all of the folks who were super, super kind to us. And we're supportive about us being away for so long. And we haven't wanted to be. And we thank you guys so much for 
I mean, even someone was like, can we help with getting a new laptop? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's, I mean, very, that's, so that's sweet. very sweet, but I will do that myself. But I do appreciate the thought because the thought is amazing. So all of you who have reached out and let us know that you're supporting us and still listening and waiting for the next episode, we really, really thank you. We do. All righty then. Stick around. I am going to cut in again. I don't know how many bloopers and things at the end of the episode, but I figured as a thank you for everybody sticking around again, that we will give you all of those things that never got released and almost got lost to the ether. I'm so glad they didn't. <laughs> yeah, me too. So we'll put those out. So stick around and listen to that at the end of the Yay. when we're done. Thanks for joining us today. Our next episode will cover the Scorpio races. Yay! And it should come out on November 1st. Yay! Because it's November 1st and someone will die. Yep. And just keep an eye out on social media because we are going to kind of wind ourselves back up to our recording schedule. Mm -hmm. But we do still have to get a couple things laid out and we're working on all of that. So just keep an eye out. We'll try to announce when things are coming and let you guys know. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. You can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S, on Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com, Facebook at facebook.com slash ravengirls, and you can reach us directly at ravengirls at gmail.com. And you can reach me at substanceparty.tumblr.com or at gmail, Substance Party with all the A's taken out. S-U-B-S-T-N-C-E-P-R-T-Y at gmail.com. And if we've referenced a post or article in the podcast, we will do our very best to include the source links to those in the show notes. The Raven Cycle and all affiliated properties are copyright Maggie Stiefvater and Scholastic Incorporated. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, whoop whoop Raven Girls! (laughs) Yep, we're still doing it. I can't see your face at all. I see I see a microphone head on a Shannon body. Hi, I'm Shannon. Hi, I'm Navita. We're, we're fucking insane. I mean, we're <laughs> the Raven Girls. <laughs> all right, serious face. All right. Serious face proceedings. I had my serious face. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking laughed at <laughs> Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're the Raven, the Raven Girls. Girls. Da 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 Why? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm not even drinking, you guys. Fuck. <laughs> Let's do this again. <sighs> okay. All right. seven years ago <laughs> that was great you should just keep the Abe Lincoln voice <laughs> oh, no. all the time but it sounds so silly
do 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 Bink. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an outtake. All right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're, we're the, the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our very first special episode. Where we are talking... <laughs> 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 All right, let's just jump to the top. <laughs> you can find us, speaking of talking to us, yeah. <laughs> you can find us pretty much everywhere on social media. We are R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S on Twitter, at Raven Girls, same spelling, um, on Tumblr, and at Raven... Ooh, let me try that. One more time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So speaking of getting in contact with us, you can find us practically everywhere on social media. We're, uh, we're at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S, on Twitter, at Raven Girls. That is so weird. Why is that media at R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S? On Twitter at Raven Girls, on, on Tumblr, Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com. Really? Why can I not read today? I don't know. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Let me try it one more time. Right. I'm so sorry. From the top. <laughs> so. I'm the one that's been drinking. <laughs> Speaking of getting in touch with us, you can find us practically everywhere on social media at R-A-V-I-N-G-R-L-S. You just spelled it wrong. <laughs> Did I? Yes. What the fuck, Shannon? <laughs> oh my god, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm just going to read it specifically. Okay, here we go. Don't try it. Just remember what happens when you go off script. All of a sudden, we're having sex. <laughs> going through notes. Yeah. Trying to see if I missed anything. <laughs> what did I miss? Anything, anything. I don't think we missed anything. I'm going to start over. <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Our next episode will cover chapter 9 through... Thanks for... I'm doing this in, I don't normally do this part. Thanks for joining us today. Our next episode will cover chapters 9 through 12 of The Raven Boys with a deep... There's a cat meowing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Gansy realized that it's a, the noise is coming from no, from Gansy. <laughs> so the next notebook that Welk looks like is all... Uh, the, the next Welk... <laughs> I was never a 15, 16 year old boy, so I don't know. But, <laughs> but like the whole thing about like it filtering the potatoes out of your like, potatoes. <laughs> like it'll come in like a rug with your balls. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna pop up in my ultra classy <laughs> Mike's Heart Lemonade. Ugh, that's kind of gross. There's a reason, apparently, that I didn't drink those. <laughs> All right. Goddamn train. Wow, it smells really strong, too. That's weird. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. oh, is it grape? No, it's supposed to be blackberry. Oh, blackberry. 
but it's like it smells very purple. It's <laughs> purple drank. <laughs> I mean, I I don't I. I know that's silly, but like, no, no, no. you understand? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, the freaking train is still going. Is it going. still going? Still I can going. hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're the Raven we're, Girls. Okay. And we're going to do that again. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... <laughs> that... <laughs> It's <laughs> definitely a stinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Are we ready? Adam arrives to Monmouth Manufactory. Adam arrives to Monument. <laughs> Holy shit. Exploring the world yeah. and being on his own. Excuse me. Don't drink bubbly stuff ever again. <clears throat> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, they... Yeah, yeah. I had to burp. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to lean away from the microphone. Fizzy lifting drink. Fizzy lifting drink. A forest of tear ialentes is something indeed. Mirrors. Oh my God. My is screen timed it? out. Okay, I'm going to have to start over. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. Settings. Seriously. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Screen time out, never. One hour. How about that? Perfect. Fuck. <laughs> Maggie has been working on an art. Okay, starting over. I'm just going to start all over. So at one point, I thought we'd actually run out of stingers, but <laughs> that has not happened yet. <laughs> I We have several stingers each episode at this point. The creaky bra. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that? Was it funny? Yes. Okay. I mean, to me, anyway. <laughs> well, what's hilarious is that, like, I'm not I'm not wearing the creaky bra, and yet this bra also creaks. <laughs> so I'm to the point where I think maybe just my right armpit is creaky. <laughs> like, see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, really. I think the funniest part of that one was, like, me being like, uh, okay. <laughs> He's <laughs> like trying to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> I don't think I heard you correctly. Nope, you totally did. I am so flat chested, I don't need an underwire. So I always get things that don't have underwires because I hate them. Mm. <laughs> so like, I don't have creaky bras. <laughs> that is not my problem. <laughs> that is... Yeah... All right, now that we've got that on tape. (laughs) (laughs) There's our stinger. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stealth recording. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Crapalanche. Okay. crap lanch Yeah. A, yeah, it happens to It's me a fucking crap <laughs> And Adam goggles up at him even more. Mm, chainsaw. Mm. Or, yeah, chainsaw goggles up at him. I think that's how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's an H, but it doesn't matter. Oh, my God, you are right. 
Does it go there? No. Does it go there? How many H's does this bitch <laughs> <Yeah>. have? <laughs> Here, let me see. Here. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm just going to start. P-S-Y. Nope. I'm going to C-H-O. Nope. It's P-H-S-Y-C-H-O-M-E-H-T-R-H-Y. <laughs> Look. You got to be specific. I didn't mean to put an H every other, every other freaking letter. Gotta be specific. <laughs> Gotta be specific. <laughs> it's good to be precise about these kind of things, as Jay would say. So, now, hand me this. Put this on the table. Thunder. <laughs> Alright. We do our own Foley here. <laughs> Someone was making fun of me for doing the... Like when I broke in in that in the episode, <laughs> someone was making fun of me for doing that. <laughs> they were like, "You literally made the noise that we used to make, like pretending to call someone on the phone <laughs> when we were like five year olds." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, it was the first thing that came into my brain." There's only so much foley I can make with my face. All right, all right. Who's reading the quote? It's a Ronin quote, man. Okay, you're reading the quote then. <laughs> Do you want to read it? No, read the quote. <laughs> Are you sure? Read the effing quote. <laughs> uh, I'm sick of everything, so I'll sound like super Ronin, right? Mm. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Stop! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you ready to stop? <laughs> la 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 la. Stretch. Uh, and a one. And a two. And a one. Two. Three. <laughs> Mommy uh, made me match my M&M's uh, Okay Shake it up Shake it up <laughs> Are we ready? We're ready Alright let's go Showtime <laughs>